I'm Katie Brejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. I remember reading Laudato Si not that long ago and being struck by how simple the words of Pope Francis were, encouraging all Catholics, all men and women of, of faith and goodwill, the world even, to think about the fact that our common home, this earth, this planet that we have been given, that we marvel at, that we wonder at, especially when we read, say, the creation story in Genesis, that we should care about it. We shouldn't just take it for granted, treat it like garbage, throw things away willy-nilly. That's, of course, my interpretation of this papal document. The words willy-nilly have not appeared in a papal document, probably ever, and <laughs> probably never will, but they're going to appear in this podcast. Because the thing I was struck by, and the thing I think that's worth contemplating, and what we're talking about during this first full week of Ave Explores Faith and Science, is that the environment matters. What we put into the environment, what we take out of the environment, the way that we treat it, from the way that we source our food, care for our rivers and waterways, what we even plant in our own backyard, most especially the policies that we advocate for and support at a political level, which ends up impacting and affecting the entire country, the entire world even. These are things that should matter to people of faith. You know, as people of faith, we don't live in a vacuum. We don't live in isolation. What we do, what we believe, what we talk about, what we say, what we share, all of these things have an impact. And as Catholics, in some sense, we should be at the forefront of not just fighting climate change, which sounds so uh, brutish in some sense, but in advocating for policies and lifestyles that don't take advantage of this earth. Now, it's perhaps controversial to say that, and some people definitely get a little put out when you start talking about, say, global warming or climate change in general. But today's conversation really highlights the work of a group that works in tandem with the USCCB, the Catholic Climate Covenant, a nonprofit that seeks to advocate for policies and bring awareness to the issue of climate change from a Catholic perspective. And they do this work by simply creating programs and highlighting policies, holding a conference, encouraging people to take a pledge to St. Francis to really try to build together an understanding that the work that we are doing in and around both climate change and other things is a work of faith. That looking at the world and asking, how am I recycling? Looking at the world and saying, well, what am I producing as far as trash? Or how am I trying to be more sustainable in the use of energy? Something as simple as, say, unplugging my phone charger when I'm gone for the day, or making sure that I've turned off the lights or replacing my light bulbs, all of these things and more, along with advocating for parishes to maybe investigate incorporating solar power or different ways that we can care for the property of a parish. I sat down with Elena Gaona, the communications director of the Catholic Climate Covenant, to talk a bit about their work and to give us some insight into how Catholics of goodwill, men and women who care about our faith, should also care about our earth, should care about this world, should care about the climate in general. It's an excellent conversation, one that I think you're going to really enjoy. I'd also encourage you to click on over to AveMariaPress.com. You can find all of our Ave Explorers content that we're creating. Sign up for the emails that will come straight to your inbox every single week, starting today, this first Wednesday of the Ave Explorers Faith and Science series. You can sign up for free, get all of the content we're making, the podcasts, the videos, the Facebook Live conversation, articles, saint bios, you name it, we're doing it. We're so excited to have you with us for this journey. We're so excited to unpack faith and science with you. For now, sit back and enjoy this conversation with Elena Gaona from the Catholic Climate Covenant. 
Elena, thanks so much for joining us on Ave Explorers. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So the way I always ask folks is like, if I were to bump into you in an elevator and you know that elevator were to get stuck for, let's say five minutes, not like a terrifying amount of time, what would I learn about you as we're stuck in that elevator and we're getting to know one another? Yeah, I am from Texas and lived in DC for more than a decade now and was a former reporter, print journalist, and now I do communications for a nonprofit. And I am married and have two girls who are my life. And you're in what part of Washington, D.C. are you uh, in? We're in Northeast. Okay, my sister lives, I couldn't tell you where. <laughs> she lives right across the street from the Basilica. I don't know if that's anywhere close to where uh, yes, it is. you are. Yes, it is. We're not too far oh, nice. from all the Catholic things and the Costco. Oh, good. <laughs> the most important, right? The Little Rome and, you know, discount food. Right. <laughs> So you work for this nonprofit, Catholic Climate Covenant, and you're directing communications. You're helping them get their message out. So what is Catholic Climate Covenant? Why does it exist? What do you guys try to do? Yeah, so it's a nonprofit formed under the auspices of USCCB in 2006 with the idea of pushing the issue of creation care to the forefront of U.S. Catholic Church and U.S. Catholics. So we're pushing it to the fore. We want folks to know about climate change, about climate issues. I mean, obviously this isn't an issue. It's something that's in the hearts and minds of a lot of people. Do y'all find that folks are open to listening, are open to making kinds of changes? Is there a lot of resistance even within the church, with outside the church? How, how is that work going? Well, I mean, the bishops have written letters since like 91 and 2001 talking about the issue of creation care. And creation care is like caring for creation that you know, God created like everything, like we know from Genesis from the very beginning. So it's part of our faith. And so it's already there. But with all these other issues that we have, sometimes it's not as well known as other issues are for Catholics that this is actually part of our faith. And I think mm -hmm. with the 2015 encyclical from Pope Francis Laudato Si, there was a lot of attention to it. And so Laudato Si is still out there, but a lot of people, Catholics included, have never heard of it. So mm -hmm. here is another tenet of, of our faith, and how do we call attention to it and really embrace it as part of the Catholic social teaching that we live out in our daily lives? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're absolutely right. Not a lot of folks, I would go so far as to say, not only don't know about it, but sometimes just don't even, oh, that doesn't apply to me. I don't care. Like that's, you know, I I, I recycle baggies and I, I try not to use too many K-pods. Like that's enough. But it's it's much more than just the trash that I'm creating. I mean, it's care for our common home. That's the big phrase that Francis often uses. What are some of the things y'all are doing to get the word out and to help people understand this work is something we should all be focused on if we truly do care for this world? I haven't run into a lot of that doesn't apply to me. It's more like, oh, <laughs> like I think people are like <laughs> processing that this is part of our faith or then people who are really on board with Laudato Si and live it. Like there's two aspects. We always say there's an internal conversion where you mm -hmm. really understand what the encyclical is saying and how everything is related it starts with our faith and our belief that God created everything, our love for God. God's love for us and our love for each other and how it plays out in our daily actions. And then the other part is the external conversion. So what does that mean? What action are you going to take to make this world a better place? So there's people at all spectrums of their growth and their journey in this. 
So a lot of people may be prayerful, but are, what actions are we taking? And then you have like a lot of people who already not only believe in climate change, but want to make a difference related to it. But how does our faith tie into that? And so mm-hmm. our work is kind of tying all of these things together, the internal, the external, and really working with U.S. Catholics, which means the U.S. Catholic Church. So institutionalizing mm-hmm. everything so that through parishes, which is a really powerful communicator for Catholics, like if my priest talks about this or if I hear about it in church, then it just feels more like official and more like, yeah, this is the right mm-hmm. thing that I should be doing. So a lot of our work is doing that. We have creation care teams who work through parishes, leaders who are local volunteers who form these creation care teams and work with their leadership at their parish level. But also like this is a big year for us. The Vatican is coming out with something called Laudato Si, your action platform, where globally Mm. people are going to like throughout different parts of the world do the same thing, institutionalize their beliefs and their work into action Mm -hmm. through like families or dioceses or like businesses, health associations, schools. And so our job at Catholic Climate Covenant is to be the hub of this action and activity at the U.S. level. So working with the sisters who are really far ahead of the game on this and working (laughs) with schools who maybe do they need toolkits? Like what do they need so that every sector of U.S. church ministry gets the information and is able to like really live out Laudato Si and get it Mm -hmm. to their parishioners and folks. So that's one big thing. We also have a conference that we do every other year. It was a series of conferences for three years, a three biennial gathering, sorry, over six years. So this is the 2021. It's going to be virtual, but it's the same thing, working with these different sectors, which are overlapping with the Vatican's platform mm-hmm. to say like at the U.S. level, what does this look like? What are we doing? How are we really institutionalizing the work? Mm-hmm. So a lot of this is logistics. <laughs> right, right. Logistics, I mean, to mobilize, because again, this is something that I should care about from my own small little pocket of the world, but should also be trying to amplify conversations about. And as Catholics, it's oftentimes people look to the church and they say, well, you should be the leader on this particular social issue, or you should be speaking out about this particular thing, because obviously like Christ mandates that we do so, that we love other people. And part of loving other people is caring for the world that we occupy. I'm curious, you know, looking at the different programs that you guys offer, tell me a little bit more about these creation care teams and how this is mobilized within, you know, like, could I become a member of a creation care team for my home parish here in Lake Charles, Louisiana? What's the work of that? Yeah, uh, definitely. We have hundreds. I feel like the number fluctuates. So I think that's a, a good, fair number of creation care teams that have been formed and some are really strong. Some have formed, but then kind of like, especially with the pandemic are very dormant. And in some cities, there is no creation care team at all. So we invite Mm. people to look on the Catholic Climate Covenant website and see if there's a creation care team near you or just approach your parish. And if not, form one. The idea is that you learn about the teachings of our faith regarding creation care and find out ways to act. Like, for example, we have an Earth Day program this year. And one of the Mm. activities is like restoring our home. Like we're in this phase of restoring things right now. And it could be like a cleanup at your creek a community Mm -hmm. cleanup. Mm -hmm. Again, this is all to bring people who are at different levels of this growth, their spiritual and physical growth in this area on board. But it could also be at some point, there's some 
Because those actions like that we take in our home, in our daily lives personally, or in our parish with our community matter. But what also matters is to raise our voice collectively and so to mm-hmm. work on advocacy. And so that is something that is longer and slower. But at some point, that's part of what we're going to also be doing. You're either already mm-hmm. doing it or at some point you come on board and help us advocate for policies that make a difference at a more national and global level. So this is, I mean, a work of the Bishop's Conference is to advocate for some of these things that, you know, inform a policy that cares for the earth. It isn't, you know, dumping nuclear waste into a river. Like that's something that Catholics should care about because rivers affect our drinking water and, and affect our health. I mean, we've all watched the Flint, Michigan unclean water, I'll say drama unfold over the past few years. And as a person of faith watching that, it's like, how did we allow something like this to happen? And as a Catholic, it should bother me. What are some of the advocacy policies that are kind of in the works right now that folks are caring about that, you know, a Catholic can go look up and learn a little bit more about? I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, we always say like, God is love. And <laughs> This is love, right? This action, and then laudato sisis, this too. When we talk about creation care, it's caring for each other as well. It's like mm-hmm. there's a biodiversity crisis. There's the the crisis of what's happening with extreme flooding that causes people to migrate. There's um, the water issue. But then what does this all do? It affects other people. And so who does mm-hmm. it affect? It affects the people who cause the least amount of effects that lead to climate change to be affected the most first. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. all of this is, yes, internalizing it. And we follow the USCCB policy recommendations. And then when you look at all their uh, work that they do, it's really nitty gritty. It's talking about like mercury levels and certain air particles. And so it's just very in in the weeds, very detailed. And so it changes. Like right now we're looking at this build back better and with the administration, like what is that going to mean? So a lot of times we'll follow what the policy leads from the USCCB point and just kind of help amplify and and push forward on that. And when it's really Mm -hmm. clear and we're able to really support them, we can have enough time to put it in our program and say, this is our big action right now. Otherwise, sometimes it's quick hit. It could be regional following the Mm -hmm. uh, Catholic state conferences. When you work with us as a Catholic, then we're able to like, hey, this is an area where we can move for, forward quickly, or this is an area that's going to be like a longer push for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it seems like there are folks in the church who want to you know, batten down the hatches. We're not engaging with the outside world. We'll just take care of ourselves, but we have to engage in policy and discussions about policy, infrastructure debates, or you know, oil drilling off the coast. That deeply affects where I'm from both on a, an economic perspective, but then also, you know, climate change is causing more hurricanes, which are destroying entire towns and, and deeply affecting the hurricanes that hit this past fall ended up closing three parishes. So there was like an immediate Catholic effect right. of obviously like we care about the earth, we care about people's homes, but also like now a place of worship will never be opened again because it's not smart and prudent to put that church back on a coast that keeps getting hit by hurricanes. And yeah. those hurricanes are going to increase because of what's going on with climate change. So it's, it is all interconnected. Talk to me a bit, Elena, about the St. Francis pledge that you'll have on your website. Is this something like I can just do privately with my family? Is it something we do as parish communities? What's the goal of kind of this prayer almost that folks 
say and, and this pledge that people take to commit to this work? Yeah, a lot of times that's our invitation to start working with us, to start like seeing this as part of your faith. There is very established church teaching on this that you can feel good about. That's just mm-hmm. like the right thing to do. And that if it speaks to you, gets you started on that path. So when people take the pledge, it's kind of like forming consciousness on the issue and really mm-hmm. internalizing the spirituality of it. And then we mm-hmm. are able to continue. Once you take the pledge and give us your email, we're able to send you periodic like newsletters, like this is the action of the month, or this is what our programs are this season for season of creation or St. Francis feast day or moments where we're able to like grab onto the spirituality as a way to like, what does this mean for my daily life and for my actions? Mm. Mm-hmm. It's another step. It's another thing we can add to the repertoire of, I care about this. I'm going to make an effort. One of our guests talked about building rain gardens and putting Mary statues in our yard. And it's like, if I'm going to do that, then I also should be taking this pledge to care about like the bigger impact. Where can we learn more about the work of the Catholic Climate Covenant? Yeah, our website, you know, we try to make it user-friendly and put on the homepage all the big, exciting things. But also if you join us, it really just means that we're able to communicate with you via email and you become a supporter. And then you decide at which level, like, are you going to do these programs every year? Or are you just going to sometimes just pray, you know, like, hey, this is Mm -hmm. something I'm going to pray with my family about and learn more about my faith. And then I decide what actions I want to take. Or you want to go all in and start a creation care team. That's always welcome. (laughs) And then especially as you learn more and more, we start to like communicate more and we like right now we're planning for the conference and mm. the conference is in July. And we were like, who are the folks that we know are really active in this space? And we're able to approach people and say, would you be able to help us for this conference? So really your mm. level of engagement depends on you, but it also like maybe we grow together and, you know, we kind of at some point tap you for more leadership. Who are some of the folks that are speaking at this year's conference? Who is doing that work? Can you tell us or is it still well, secret? I know one that we've mentioned is Cardinal Supic. Oh, yeah. nice. And we have okay. other invites out that we'll be announcing soon. We're forming our working groups right now. You know, as we grow, like this is the first year we're hoping to have, we call them tracks, but now they're working groups so that people understand this year's conference is a little bit different from the 2019 conference where we called it more of a working conference. So everyone who attended mm-hmm. was all in and working. And this year, it's more like we have certain groups of folks working on the front end. And by the time the conference comes, we'll have attendees who maybe have not heard about what we're doing. And so now we're calling them working groups. And then these this is the first year that we're going to have environmental justice one. And so we're looking for leaders for that. And, uh, you know, it's a growing field for Catholics. So It's like, who are the Mm -hmm. folks who are Catholic and believe in environmental justice and are working in that space? So it's kind of like Mm -hmm. an emerging area. And also we have this year, we have a new director of youth mobilization. Her name is Anna Robinson, and she's just wonderful. And this year is the first time we have also like a youth track that is really active. So. I mean, it's definitely I'm finding the younger generations that care about this kind of thing. Just the other day, my th- they were talking about recycling at school, which I, I remember learning about recycling in school, but also not having a recycling bin at home. And our three and a half year old, she was like, we're not supposed to put this in the trash. And she held up her 
little, it was just her, um, like a, an empty applesauce packet. And I was like, you're right. We can definitely recycle <laughs> that plastic. I mean, kids so I are so pure that way. Yeah. They are. And like, this was just, they have a little recycling bin in their classroom. That's where they always put it. It's a little small priority of their school because they get from our community. If they turn in a certain poundage, they get a little kickback from the city. So there's an incentive to do it. So she called me to task yeah. <laughs> about not having a recycling bin and we ordered one and now we're going to have one in the house. Oh, I did want to mention one thing if we have time. So we have a program yeah, called Catholic Energies that works with yeah. Catholic churches to get them to go solar. Oh, and nice. it's okay. continuing to grow. It's so easy. I mean, it's. I think that maybe solar may be a little bit still like scary to some, some people mm-hmm. in general. And so this makes it really easy for churches to see, like, the, is it going to add up for me to go solar? And where's the financing mm-hmm. going to come from? And so our program, Catholic Energies, makes it like a one-stop shop. It's the, kind of like a developer and puts everything together for Catholic churches to go solar. So it's really a growing program. And what, yeah. I mean, just to speak on a personal level, we went solar in mm-hmm. my house because of the kids. Oh, nice. So right. you start to see that there's cost savings and there's a, like practical ways to live out our faith. And I just want to mention that, that sometimes it's yeah. just hard to know where, or how, um, just kind of like forming consciousness about it and then realizing that all your actions have an impact. Yeah. Well, I, I would think that it makes a person more, more grateful, you know, like the fact that we can harness the power of the sun to power our home. It doesn't have to be non-renewable yeah. resources. You know, and again, I'm saying that as somebody who lives in a part of the country where oil and gas is why there's any sort of money in the town. But at the same time, like there's more sustainable ways to do it. And the two can kind of work together. So Catholic Energies is on the website as well. Right. Folks can just easily find yep. all that out. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Well, I will link that as well. Elena, thanks for taking the time. Okay. Thank you. So nice to talk to you. <laughs> you know, something as simple as even just thinking about the footprint that I make in this world what I create, what I produce, what I consume. These things are not outside of the realm of our faith and in fact should be something that we care about, should be something that we talk about, should be something that we further investigate. In this first week of Ave Explorers Faith and Science, as we look at this bridge between what I believe and what the scientific data points to, what evidence points to, it cannot be denied that climate change is real. So if it is real and if it is truly happening, what are some ways that I can either slow the destruction of certain aspects of our planet, preserve ways of life in areas that might be, say, slipping into the ocean. But even more than that, what just small things can I do within my own home, within my own community, that highlight that I, as a Catholic, care about this? This conversation uh, about conservation and about climate will continue later on this week with an excellent episode with an ecologist from the St. Kateri Conservation Center. So we'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss anything that we're creating for this season and find a whole backlog catalog of other content that we've created just for you. As always, we'd be grateful for a rating and a review so that more folks can find the show. Ave Explores is available on Spoke Street Media. It's available on Breadbox Media. It's available on Redeemer Radio. You can, of course, find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love it if you would share it with people. Most importantly, we'd love it if you would go over to AveMariaPress.com and subscribe to this Ave Explorers Faith and Science series. Just sign up right at the top of the main website. You'll see a banner. You can click on it. It'll lead you straight to the spot where you can put in your email and get all of our content straight to your email inbox as we dig into this subject that we think is important to think about. 
Important to think about on a personal level, important to think about on a collective level, how do faith and science, quote unquote, play nice together? And what can I do as a person of faith when it comes to thinking about these elements and aspects of science, whether the environment, whether bioethics, whether conversations about big questions, whether conversations about creation? We hope that you join us for this whole series. Again, go to AveMariaPress.com. Follow us on Instagram at AveMariaPress. We'd be very, very pleased if you would join us for this. Grateful for the ratings and reviews and happy that you're joining us for this episode and hopefully more. We'll see you soon with more conversations around Ave Explorers, faith and science. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.